0: Ninety-eight-nine WCLZ. Welcome into Studio Z, everybody. Maggie and L, thank you for doing this with Hi,
1: us. Hi, thanks for having us back.
0: Yeah, welcome back. Uh, we have to start with SNL because we've got. <laughs> we've I guess got it's a...
1: particular to the context. Of yeah, 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 yeah.
0: We've got a bone to pick here. I mean,
1: <laughs> come you, on. Did you
0: think for like a second? Maybe I mean, if we started the show at four in Portland, <laughs> we could do a private jet back.
1: I've been on that flight from Portland to New York quite a few times.
0: But come on, there's a private flight that must have gotten you there faster. I'm
1: not really a private kind of girl. Come on. But I do know that that flight is delayed almost every time. So
0: <laughs> so tell us about the experience. It wasn't personal. We didn't take it personally. <laughs> we were so we knew that you'd come back. You of knew course you I'd
1: come back. I love it here.
0: So tell us about the experience of getting there, the whole thing.
1: Uh, I walked into SNL and immediately started crying. <laughs> just I just got really overwhelmed. It it's there's a wild really special energy there and it's kind of in the realm of dreams you don't say out loud. Like I grew up watching SNL but I never in a million years thought that that could be some thing I could do or even if in the back of my mind I was like I want to do that. It's so crazy. I mean like what 12 15 people get to play it every year? Like it's such a important it's just—it's an honor to be a part of that kind of cultural moment in that way, and even in the dressing room, like um, in the dressing room is so small, and it's right across the hall from the openers or from the comedians' dressing room, and on the wall are all the photos of all the people who have played, um, and my photo is in between Lil Wayne and Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think maybe perfectly describes my personality <laughs> and my music taste. Um, yeah, it was really um, a really, really special moment.
0: Elle, did you feel anything special from that night?
1: Oh, yeah. That was the most incredible night of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's SNL. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still kind of can't believe it happened because we've been, really, we've been on the road since July. And when you're traveling that much, this thing happens where you kind of become hyper present. Like your your processing speed slows down because you're not you don't have anything constant. Like you don't like I think when you're returning to the same house every day, you notice change in a different way. But when you're constantly moving, it you're kind of just trying to keep your life together and feed yourself <laughs> and like be kind to people.
0: <laughs> and something went wrong, right, during the first song for for SNL?
1: Yeah, I had this weird thing happen where my my ears cut out. For the first like thirty seconds of light on, and it's like it's one of those things where it's live and you like can't you can't do anything about it. And um, they they got back in for the chorus, which was great. But I was kind of like picking a note out of nowhere for the beginning. Um, but I, I think there is something about it being live where you just have to keep being like, okay, that happened. Keep moving. And I think in the end, that performance, I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And I think that 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 happening or You know, I've sang the song Light On a million times. We're about to sing it for the millionth and one time. And um, I know I can sing that song. And so I think having a performance that I'm proud of, but I still knew wasn't what I could do, made me a particular brand of angry. (laughs) And I think it made me come back for the song Falling Water with a little bit of vengeance under my skin and, and... Yeah, it all works works together.
0: Still haven't watched
1: it? Still haven't watched it. Oh, yeah, I've watched it. (laughs) Rostam and I decided we we made a pact. Rostam's my friend um, who I wrote and co-produced that song with, Falling Water. And he came to play piano with me. And he's in one of my all-time favorite bands, Vampire Weekend. And we went for a long walk the next morning through the West Village. He was strangely having a cupcake craving. So we went for a walk, and um, we made a pact not to watch it for a little while. Because I think, you know, it's, it's the same, like, when you name something, the essence of it changes. And I think being in a moment is different than watching yourself in a moment. And I certainly know that from going through the whole, like, Pharrell viral video thing. It Watching yourself feel something changes your memory of it. And I think memory is particularly delicate, and I'm trying to respect it as much as I can
0: with Maggie Rogers in Studio Z talking about SNL and we also have to talk about Maine. You do have a Maine connection up I here, I love right?
1: Maine so much. Yeah, so I've been spending every basically summer and Christmas here since I was born and I went to a seven-week overnight all-girls camp on Lake Sebago for 12 years. Shout out to all the O'Hilo girls listening. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love Maine.
0: And so do you still come back when you can?
1: Yeah. You know, it's I, harder now, I mean, obviously. I'll be back this summer playing Thompson's Point which is the coolest thing ever. Um, I've seen so many shows. I've seen Leon Bridges at Thompson's Point. I've seen the XX. I've seen My Morning Jacket. Um, and I just cannot believe I get to play there. But yeah, I'll be back this summer. And every summer I try and go back to my summer camp and teach a songwriting workshop and play a little concert. And um, yeah, it, it just like feels good to be back in me. And I haven't had a holy donut yet, but I'm I am making my way there promptly. <laughs>
0: Just a couple other things we want to talk to you about yeah, of the Capital Records deal. How did you end up with Capital? Because it seemed like you kind of had your pick of the labels, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so after this like viral video moment happened, I it gave me a lot of agency. But also, I think it's important to note that I like studied the music industry in college. So I took classes on things like contracts and publishing and record labels, and was really I, I really believe that knowledge is power especially as a young woman in the music industry. It's my, I studied all these things because I think the more you know about engineering or production or the business, the more I can protect my artistic vision because it means that it gets boiled down with less people. Um, And I was able to essentially write my contract and go back to the record labels and say, this is what I want, who wants to do this deal? And I just really loved the people at Capitol um, and they have been a really great label home, but I guess I should say that they, they are my label home, but they also, I signed a licensing deal, not a record deal. So I own, I have my own record label and I own my masters and have sort of given them the right to borrow them for a couple of years.
0: We're with Maggie Rogers and Studio Z. I also wanted to ask you about in your time in New York city, you're a copy editor, right? For meet me in the bathroom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about that experience
0: for people who don't might not know about that book?
1: Yeah, so Meet Me in the Bathroom is this incredible book by Lizzie Goodman, um, and it's an oral history of rock and roll in two th- in New York City from 2001 to 2011. So it starts with, like, the Strokes, the a a yeah, the White Stripes, the Moldy Peaches, and then goes sort of through uh, the gentrification of Brooklyn, the birth of the indie rock scene. You have bands like Grizzly Bear and Vampire Weekend sort of towards the end of the band, TV on the radio. Um, and these are all bands that I grew up listening to and loved and I got an email the summer after my freshman year of college from Lizzie Goodman that was just like kind of out to all students in the music program being like hey this this woman's looking for an assistant but the job was transcribing interviews from my favorite musicians of them talking about them making music in the neighborhood I lived in at the time (laughs) it was just like yeah, I want to do that job, and my parents are here, and they can attest to me spending. Um, I worked on that book for three and a half years, and I was transcribing interviews over holidays and and at the kitchen table, and um but I learned so much. I mean, I got to listen to my heroes talk about why they made the decisions they did, and and their musical lives, and their business lives, and their personal lives, and. Um, I think I learned a lot from just hearing about how other people did this and how, you know, I think the life in the music industry can look, why I'm drawn to it is that it's so, you can customize it in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's all about how you want to communicate to the world and I think that there's a lot of ways to do it, but it means that I can constantly check back and find the way that feels the most like me to do this and that other people will do it differently and do it in the way that feels like them.
0: Final question. Uh, international women's day this year, Mavis stables posted a photo and oh, it was Mavis. YouTube. It was from Newport. Yeah. Just talk about that experience.
1: I, gosh, I love that. My parents actually gave me, <laughs> hi mom and dad, I'm talking about you a lot. Um, uh, my parents gave me a, f- a print of that photo by Danny clinch for Christmas. Um, Newport was like musical Christmas. I went to just hang out. Like I wasn't supposed to play. And um, I got, which I should have known better, but I I just like had some time off and I was in Maine. So I drove down and um, Mumford and Sons were playing who are my dear friends. And so immediately they were like, we want to play Alaska. And I was like, okay. So I'm in rehearsal with them doing Alaska. And they're like, do you want to play The Weight? And I'm like, Definitely. And they're like, well, what do you think about singing back up for Mavis? And I was like, definitely. <laughs> and I was like, well, who's the other singers? And they said, it's, it's Phoebe Bridgers and Brandi Carlile. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so suddenly I'm singing in three-part harmony with one of my dearest friends, Phoebe, and my, one of my musical heroes, Brandi. Four Mavis staples. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was
0: great. We're with Maggie Rogers in Studio Z, sold out show tonight at the State Theater, show at Thompson's Point in July. We're so happy that you're back. You want to do one more song for us? We
1: would love to do one more song.
0: Thank you.